I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to the most haunted city on earth. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to like, comment, or subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to go ahead and give us a five-star rating so that we can continue bringing you great content. Stay spooky, y'all. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And today, we are doing something a little bit fun. Uh, We are actually live streaming uh, this episode filming for the Parajunkies. So they are going to get to see this episode happen right in real time. Woo! Very exciting. Uh, We're going to be doing a QA and a today. So uh, if you would like to have our questions uh, or your questions asked and answered on the podcast, definitely utilize that TikTok uh, little button. It says Q&A at the top of our profile, and that is the best way for me to see your questions. It's all going to be in one place for me so that I will not miss them. It's a little bit tricky with all the comments and things like that, so (laughs) definitely utilize that button. But today we've got quite a few really interesting questions, and JT is going to be reading them to us, so don't worry about that. Um, But anywho. All right. Is everybody ready for our first question? Absolutely. Okay, very, very cool. So here we go. Chelsea Borisov asks, what I don't understand about locking mirrors is the fact you have to clean them. (laughs) How does that not unlock your mirror? Is it a time thing? Thank you. Interesting question. Okay, so (laughs) I think we've gotten this question a few times in the comments. Um, Now, you see, when it comes to locking mirrors, it's not necessarily about the uh, things that you're utilizing or the mark that it leaves. It's about the intention you're putting behind it. So everything when you're dealing with witchcraft in general is all about your intentions. So when you're saying, like, I'm locking this mirror, you're basically telling the mirror like you're not allowed to let entities through this so when you wipe them like you wipe the oil away or you wipe the uh holy water moon water whatever you're using away it doesn't mean the lock goes away it just means the um the tool that you're utilizing is just going away but that's fine um i do recommend refreshing your locks i usually refresh them about once a month or so Uh, Just to, you know, make sure everything is upholding. But you want to do that with any of your wards. And that's a whole different episode we can get into is, you know, witchcraft and warding and things like that. Absolutely. And things to remember, intent is is the answer. But action oftentimes and ritual, the reason why we do ritual is to enforce the intent. The reason why we go through an action is to kind of double down on how uh, how intent we are on whatever it is that we're trying to achieve. That becomes very much a part of manifestation. You hear people talking about this. This is a huge thing right now. Um, a lot of things about being positive and having positive notions. Um, so, interestingly, I mean, interestingly enough, 
your doubt of the longevity of anything you do can play into it. So yeah, when you are wiping it away and you're thinking, I'm wiping away the lock, that is reversing it. You have to constantly uphold the faith in the ritual and the faith in the action so that when you do things, you're not allowing the doubt that it doesn't work to play upon the intent. So uh, the more potent your intent, the more potent your lock, the more potent your belief in what you're doing, the more uh, real the effect will be. So don't, don't doubt what you've done. Uh, it's, it's, all, it's all about doing action that enforces the belief. Absolutely. And that's a good way to put it. You know, it, it really is. Everything in witchcraft is truly about how much you, it, like, honestly honoring your inner power and trusting yourself, how much you believe that you are able to do those things. Um, but we can definitely do, like, a whole episode yeah. on witchcraft and, you know, the history of these things and where it's they come It's just like from, anybody but. who has that lucky thing, that lucky item. Right. You know, they put a lot of faith in the lucky item. They'll have, you know, that lighter that their father gave them or that coin that they found one day. They've put the intent into the item, and the item now is imbued with that power for as long as they have faith that it protects them, it does. So, you know, it, it, it's amazing how much power a human being has. But more amazing than that is how much power we give away through doubt and through inconsistency. Absolutely. I mean, you know, interestingly enough, I mean, we, uh, we associate cer certain properties with different different crystals and herbs and things like that. But genuinely, you can make anything award if you really wanted it to be. Um, I, I once saw a, a TikTok, which uh, their name is Frankie and uh, Chaotic Witch Aunt. Uh, so if you, if you like witchcraft stuff, go follow them. But they did like a little TikTok where they're like, I could literally go outside and just pick up any rock that I, oh, could, yeah. I see. And if I tell it, like you're going to protect my house, it works basically Absolutely. and that's the best way to illustrate it and that's also where like uh, uh priests and priestesses and 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 practitioners really get a lot of their energy is from people who seek them out you go to a person that you trust to have the ability to empower these things then your faith in them becomes your faith in whatever they've done for you or what's going on it is so instrumental in, in this kind of practice that you understand that ritual reinforces those things and, uh, and your belief is, is really at the center of the effectiveness of, of any of it. Absolutely. But oh, uh, yes, oh. please bring all the witchy com or comments and questions. <laughs> I love it. So, All right. Moving on to the next one. Patrick Young asks... How do we go on ghost tours with you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question, actually. That is actually. a good question. Um, so I do ghost tours uh, weekly, and that is through the Savannah Underground, which, if you didn't know, uh, we have an immersive horror theater, and uh, we are partnered with a tour company called Kelly Tours. So I give the ghost tours on there uh, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the above. So, yeah, if you want to take a ghost tour, that's the best way to do it. But I also am open to doing private sure. ghost tours. If you wanted to arrange it, it would just be about opening a conversation uh, probably through our, uh, maybe through ghost mail. Yeah, send it through ghost mail, definitely. And then we can maybe set up a private tour 
um, we're not uh, opposed to it. Yeah. But we don't have anything set up at the moment. Absolutely. Um, I've done a couple of private tours of a few listeners before, and they're really fun. Um, yeah, I kind of custom make the tour to your particular interests. So, yeah, if you have things that you specifically want to see, uh, include that also in your email. So that way we can kind of gauge. Right. Um, we would, we would, if, if we were to do it, it would, it would definitely be custom. You absolutely. Know, so. Yeah. So come take a ghost tour. It's fun. It's a good time. It is. They're awesome at it. All righty, here we go. Abby Wilsey asks, Hi, from Alaska. Can dogs slash slash animals have any sort of entity or spirit attachments, or can they be entities or spirits? Asking for a friend. Absolutely. Do you have a skinwalker or something? (laughs) Are you okay, Abby? Well, you know, it's interesting because if... um, if you think about the many stories that are about like uh, pets who, who have lost an owner and, and how their behavior seems to mimic the schedule that they always had or, you know, the, the, the classic tale of the dog that goes down to the train station wait, and waiting for their, their owner who passed away. There is a, a, a good amount of information to suggest that the spiritual connection between a human and their pet is very intense and uh lord knows there are lots of stories of people who lost pets and still see them or hear them or have sensations of them um i've talked about it on this podcast before that my uh, dog who passed i occasionally still see and that could just be you know my heart being you know uh, uh missing my dog but i do believe that that the spirit realm is open to any entity that can um, that can impact the environment. So yeah, uh, absolutely, I believe that that you can you can run into ghost pets and you, and and animals can absolutely have attachments. You know, uh, think of how attached you are to your your pet, and if you passed away and and your pet was still alive, you'd probably want to visit your pet. <laughs> absolutely, I mean, so interestingly, um, there are. I've heard a couple stories of people saying that their pet uh, has encountered spirits in different ways. Uh, one actually is from Radar, who's one of the uh, para-junkies, but also our driver for the Savannah Underground. And um, she told me about how one of her friends had uh, a dog. Well, she had two dogs. One of the dogs passed away. So the dog that was still living would only play with her sister dog um, in a very particular way. She was the only dog that she'd play like this. And after um, the other dog had passed away, she got very depressed, very lonely, you know, which happens a lot when you have pets that are bonded to each other in that way. But apparently one day, um, Karma, the, the dog that was still alive, started playing like how she did with the dog that had passed and they're like what is that like she's like playing with nothing but they thought that maybe the dog had come back to visit her um and was playing with her as a spirit which Mm. i think is a very sweet and heartwarming story story. (laughs) but it does show like maybe you know pets that are bonded because you see a lot of animals especially rescues that are bonded and it makes you wonder if they come and visit each other if one passes I remember, um, so my parents had a Cocker Spaniel uh, named Libby. And one night, out of the blue, Libby just started howling. Just howling. And this was not a noise that Libby made 
normally, but all night long. Could yeah. not console her, could not do anything to, to keep Libby from having this horrible reaction all night long. Uh, my parents ended up taking her to the vet the next morning. Well, it turned out the vet was the, um, th- where they got Libby. They, th- so they take Libby to the vet, and the vet was like, oh, you know, Libby, this is so weird because Libby's father died last night. Libby's uh, dad had died that night, and Libby spent the entire night crying. Poor Libby. Oh my gosh. That's so sad. The, um, it's, it's interesting how sensitive pets are, um, to different things. You know, uh, on the, the flip of that question, I don't necessarily think that they're super susceptible to like dark entities attaching to them, but they're very prone to paranormal experiences. Um, my grandmother who passed away, it, she is she she's a firecracker and um she likes to be acknowledged on her birthday and especially by my dad um who that was his mom and so uh, I want to say like probably six or seven years ago he forgot to post about her birthday and all that um you know because it's in August and it sometimes life gets to you but sure. basically uh for a week our family dog, Shiloh, was just losing it all the time. This is the calmest, laziest dog of all time. He does literally nothing all day long, but he was just like constantly like barking, shouting, crying, acting like something was at the top of the stairs, you know, like just seemed like something was tormenting him. And then my dad realized he hadn't posted about his mom. He's like, I wonder if it's my mom, you know, bothering the dog. Because Shiloh's bark is just horrific. So that's going to really annoy anybody who's around him. And after he had, like, acknowledged her birthday, all of it stopped. So, you know, um, (laughs) they will, if they're trying to sometimes get in contact with you, they go through your your pet in ways to annoy you or get your attention. So Pets are far likely to see than, than, than humans. Right. So... All right. Great question. Crystal Smith asks, when I experience deja vu, it is followed by a feeling of anxiety, like something bad is about to happen. What is deja vu and why does it feel like that? Hmm. So uh, I think medically deja vu is just a stimulation of the area of your brain that is responsible for holding memories and thereby that stimulation creates any new information as a memory. That's, that's, that's how they explain deja vu scientifically. Uh, however, there are plenty of paranormal connections to the sensation of deja vu. Uh, and it, it could be a type of precognitive uh, sensation where you've actually uh, noted this moment before. Maybe you've had a dream. Maybe you've had some notion of this, this, this time before. There are uh, people who believe in time slips, which is where you uh, basically get into a location that creates a weird loop pattern in your existence, and then that becomes a, um, uh, a way to see the present as something that has happened before because you've actually time-looped through it. So there are lots of really bizarre notions about deja vu, um, but uh, the fact that it, it that it's accompanied by anxiety, it, it's not that's not abnormal because I think that the sensation of oh my god this has happened before 
is so strange because in most cases of deja vu, you actually don't know what's happening next. You only have the sensation that it's happened before. And that can create a lot of anxiety because you, you're like, I should know what comes next. I should know what's about to happen because in my mind, I'm so certain that I've done this before. And there's also um, instances, I know I personally used to have this a lot when I was a kid, so I'd have really intense deja vu, but it was always for situations where something horrible mm. happened. Like, I would remember it from dreams or things like that, where I'd be like, this, this, this happens, and then there's like a massive fire or something, you know? And so I felt anxiety because I was worried, like, oh, are we about to <laughs> encounter a massive fire or some, or whatever it was? So I wonder if that's kind of the same way with you because, you know, brains are weird. And so weird. They're, they're very complex. <laughs> and so, you know, you might be getting that deja vu sensation and only part of it is correct. Or, you know, something changed and it didn't end up ending the way that you remembered it ending. So... Right. We tend to fill in the blanks. I mean, right. that's a part, that's one of the hardest things about ghost hunting is our brains will constantly fill in blanks. And uh, so like even sitting in the dark and, and, and looking around and you see something or you can't completely figure out what it is, your brain's like, I got it. Right. I'm going to make a face out of that. It's like, please don't. Don't I'm, do that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready for that. I'm like, no, no, it's a face. Trust me. So uh, yeah, your brain will sometimes be actively trying to fill in the answer of what comes next or, or already had, like you were given some brief glimpse of the future and then it was like, Oh, well, what happened next was explosion. Right. And so then you're sitting there waiting for that explosion. Yeah. And you know, the thing is with, uh, people who have that type of ability to see moments in the future, there still is choice in existence. There's still free will things can change. That's why I never trust personally when people say this is going to happen to you for certain, or, you know, you're for sure going to have this happen because we go through life and have choices and that lead to different paths. So anytime, you know, you think that there's something inevitably going to happen it could change it, it at the flip of a hat. So what you could have saw could have been one of the outcomes, you know. Oh, absolutely. But it doesn't mean that it has to end up that way, if that makes any sense. But, you know, um, I always like to include that. Like, you know, it, it's nothing is for certain. That's just something, you know, to at least ease your anxiety Right, absolutely. Uh, everything is colliding all at the same time. So every single moment of your life is a billion possibilities all going in different directions. So even even the most gifted of uh, prophets, what they're probably doing is seeing the most likely outcome. Because even our existence, even us just being here is only the most likely thing. We're most likely to be sitting here talking to you right now, but it's a good possibility we're not. There's actually more evidence that we aren't sitting here talking to you right now than there is that we are. Because, well, that's physics. That's how it works. Because the overwhelming amount of possibilities versus one. And that becomes the big question. How do we know what exists and what doesn't exist? And how can we nudge things into the proper existence, which pulls back to that, uh, that idea of altering the reality we live in through magic, through ritual, through all these things, because... 
all possibilities exist simultaneously. We just have to be aware of the possibility that we're in at the moment. And right now we are under, you know, a, a vast perception. Everybody's agreed that this is happening. We've all agreed on this one event. Could we change that? Could we have a better perception or a stronger perception than everyone else? It's possible, but it takes work. Mm-hmm. Well, that was psychedelic. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I was like, all right. Yes. It's like, make me think so, like, you know. A nice deeply. Sunday morning right. uh, crisis. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's daylight savings. I'm still asleep. So. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Eleanor Austin, 796 asks not sure uh, not quite sure how to phrase this was or can a poltergeist have ever been a living person are they considered ghosts when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Wow. That's a good question. Well, you know, and unfortunately, I think poltergeist have become this notion of not being a human, being a kind of spiritual uh, entity force that is that is just basically rattling things, moving things, a spur, uh, like a, almost like a, a, a tidal wave in, in, in a location of spiritual energy that is just calamity and causing calamity, um, which then brings up the next question, could it be an entity absolutely could be an entity um, being misdiagnosed as a poltergeist only because we use the word poltergeist to mean not human. Uh, I think the actual uh, definition of poltergeist is noisy ghost, noisy spirit. Um, And somewhere along the way, somebody just decided that, well, you know, the classic poltergeist is in fact just a spiritual energy energy that causes things to fall over, to uh, clatter, to you know, ring. It creates, uh, it creates noise. It's a noisy thing. The thing that goes bump in the night, that's a poltergeist in those ideas. So it's not really a question of whether or not a, cult- a poltergeist could be a person. It's a question of whether or not we are misdiagnosing the sounds and the things as a poltergeist because we use the word poltergeist to mean non-human. Um, so yeah, absolutely. A, 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 something that's causing noises and causing disruptions and causing these things in the middle of the night could, could be an entity uh, that was once human trying desperately to be seen, heard, recognized. I also like to lump in with poltergeist the um, humans that are either losing empathy or oh, any yeah. kind of humanity. Sure. Um, into the more demonic realm, but because they were human, it gets tricky to classify them as anything right, like so that. In that weird realm of residual energy, you know, um, something that had left enough of a mark for it to still imprint and in affect the uh, environment. Uh, because a lot of times residual haunts, we don't really consider to be intelligent. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we don't think of them as a spirit that is actively doing something as much as it is a condition uh, like a recording that's being played over and over and over again. However, we have discussed this before that 
even in residual cases, the residual, the fact that the recording is happening, the fact that the energy is there, by observation and by continual investigation, you could drum up enough of that spiritual energy to, to, to kind of extract a little intelligence out of that residual haunting. And the same with the, mm-hmm. the, the lack of empathy. I, I tend to think of ghosts in a, in a way where they're basically losing their influence and their ability to represent themselves, and they become kind of empty shells of of energy that still maintain and go about. Um, and and then we talk about intent again, because when a when a ghost has only a specific intent, a singular intent, then they stop caring about whether or not they're harming people. Mm-hmm. They start caring about whether or not what they do will be deemed as evil. They are just so intent on having whatever it is that they wanted that they lose sight of of human interaction and they become dangerous and and thereby demonic by definition dangerous to humans you know corruptible corrupting entities like um jt and i's favorite ghost story bloody mckenzie bloody mckenzie you know he's a really great example of that he is technically by a lot of paranormal investigators classified as a poltergeist, but he's the perfect example of somebody who was human, who already had very little empathy right. for humanity, like if any at all. Um, and now in the afterlife, he is only got more intense, uh, but that's partially because of when they buried him in a mausoleum uh, where he killed thousands of people and had them buried uh, in their makeshift concentration camp. So that's for one. Um, also, he has got like a major power source behind his mausoleum. Sure. Um, but his intentions are very malevolent. And so, you know, that's why we see activity with him of, the tour guides having fires start up in their homes or in their offices and then people getting scratched and bruised and pushed and maimed in front of his mausoleum, you know, he's, he's a good example of that. And if you have not listened to the bloody McKenzie from <laughs> Wonder Wicked, you should definitely listen to that because uh, it's a wild banana story, but you know, it is, it is. All right, we have a live question Ooh, live Ooh, from, the, from uh, uh, the Parajunkie live chat. All right, uh, Alexandra Machado asks, any criticism on the current shows about seeing the dead slash ghosts, like ghosts or not dead yet, oh. or even the movie We Have a Ghost? Oh, God, the We Have a Ghost is... <laughs> I couldn't make it through that movie. It's I so say, cornball. Yeah, I have zero uh, uh, qualms with anybody who, who wants to make a creative um, story out of, out of our fascination with ghosts. Um, and, and, and you should not watch any of these shows where, well, that's not accurate. Right. Uh, because that's the truth of, of shows. That's the truth. <laughs> so it, it, the question is, do you in, enjoy them? Uh, so, you know, if we wanted to take a critical look and say, well, that movie's dialogue was, you know, weak and the story was not that great, that's a totally different issue. But if you're asking what our paranormal take on it is, from, from my point of view, have at it. Tell whatever ghost story you want in any way you want. Um, I remember the first season of American Horror Story. Oh, love that. Um, such an enjoyable thing, but... From a ghost hunting point of view, so it drove me nuts. It's so inaccurate. I was like, what? 
who did that? How and why? And why is that person there? And why are they look like that when there should be what? How do they grow? What is happening? So um, uh, I don't like I don't like any show or story where they tell us the rules and then break them without any regard. And uh, that was one. They told us a bunch of rules about ghosts that you know right. made it very specific and very like telling. And then and then there would be whole storylines that abandoned the rules. So that's my 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 general take is if you're going to tell a ghost story. Make it, uh, and you and you tell me rules. Stick to the rules because the rules are kind of important for storytelling because that's how we understand the story. If you break the rules and don't ever you know address the fact that you broke the rules, that can cause some issue. That it makes it hard to watch. However, that didn't detract from how good the show was. It just was you know in in a in a ghosty storytelling way. It's like oh wait, I don't understand why. Apparently, you know if you if you. If you die in a place, then you're stuck there unless, for some reason, you have the ability to go anywhere. Right. And uh, and, and your perception is, uh, I you're, could go on. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but as far as, like, the, 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 the modern shows that are out, mm-hmm. I think it's about your taste in the material, not necessarily how solidly they, you know, uh, follow the rules of ghosts. I completely agree. I mean, like, the thing is, is I would wager that 98% of people who make these ghost hunting shows have no concept of what it's actually like on a daily experience to encounter spirits, which is fine. And I am totally okay with that. I have made my peace with just (laughs) accepting that people, I have a very different experience than a lot of people. But Point being is with any of these TV shows or movies, it is all about entertainment value and they right. don't care yeah. if, you know, it's actually accurate to... Right, because the premise true. of Ghosts, the TV show, uh, which was originally a BBC show, is, you know, the sitcom format. You know, it is a, a bunch of disparate characters who are all forced to live together and the interactions thereby. And there's a lot of great humor to be derived from that. Um, but if you, if you, if you're watching it with a, a critical ghost eye, um, yeah, you might have, you might have a lot of problems with, with, with how this, how the storytelling works. Uh, so, uh, no, if, if you enjoy it, enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) And if you don't, don't watch it. And just take it with a grain of salt, you know, um, there are plenty of educational ghost, you know, right. intelligence speeches and shows and things like that. If you're looking for that type of inf- information, but usually things you're finding on Netflix, Hulu, all that, they're, they're, they don't really care. And right? I would also like to point out, and this is something that's true, um, fear and humor are very closely linked um, because they are about something that you don't know is going to happen happening. Uh, you know, humor is is about giving you the absurd or the strange, the thing that you didn't see coming. You know, that's what a punchline is. It's like, oh, that's funny because you set this up and then you told me this. Same with horror. Horror is you're living your life and then something horrible happens. Unexpected. The unexpected is the key. Almost everything that scares us will ultimately become comedic. That is how it works. If you watch the old, like Dracula and Frankenstein, those those movies in the 30s terrified people. They were terrified of them. But it wasn't that long before it was the Three Stooges meet Frankenstein. Yeah. Before it was... Right. Like Shaun know, of the Dead, too. Shaun yeah. of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is was, what I was, think It was of, a yeah. great uh, entry into that idea. Yeah. So the fact that we're seeing um, 
ghosts and uh, we have a ghost and and these shows that are now more humorous is telling us that we are we are coming to grips with with that fearfulness that mm-hmm. we used to carry with us so much about ghosts we are now kind of coming around to the idea of acceptance because anything that we're afraid of once we've accepted it becomes funny yeah you know and that you know uh freddy krueger is a great example oh yeah freddy krueger was super scary in in the first nightmare on elm street but he became more and more of a comedic entity yeah, he did didn't he mm-hmm. he did over over the series and that is because one of the strongest ways to combat fear is by laughing at it it's true yeah. With uh, We Have a Ghost, I will tell you, I think it's an interesting concept of making a ghost seem like they're on the payroll, basically, because I loved, so like I said, I did not make it through the movie because it's just a little too, it was, it was just a little too uh, messy for my <laughs> particular sure. Yeah, taste. but The Haunted Mansion is like one of your favorite okay, movies. Listen, I, okay, I am an unashamed Disney adult, leave uh-huh. me alone. Um, well, they ha- they're coming out with a new one. Yes, they are. Is it a series or is it just uh, no idea, uh, a Disney Plus movie? They'll ruin it. Yeah, they they'll will. Ruin they it. will. <laughs> they're like, like the new Exorcist, they're coming out with the new Exorcist. I'm like, they're going to ruin that. I don't think they're going to ruin Haunted Mansion, to be honest. I really, really? hope they don't. Um, and, and the only reason I say that is because <laughs> it's, it's one of those interesting things where uh, course correction seems to be a lot of the, um, the construct with uh with 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 Disney and that that enterprise and I want to say uh, although the Muppet Tana Master was not good yeah I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm telling you with with the Exorcist it's like you can't you can't remake a perfect movie like if th- someone tries to remake jo- I don't care if someone gave me. 40 million, 50 million dollars and said, go remake Jaws. I'd be like, absolutely not. No, I'll make no, Jaws. No, no, no. I'll make Jaws seven or whatever we're right, at, right. you know, and, and I'll make it as good as I can make it, but I'm not going to try to remake something that's already perfect. Same thing with Exorcist, same thing with Tremors, you know? Well, it's true. Yeah. It's true. You don't want to remake Tremors. You want to build upon Tremors, and that's exactly what they've been doing. They've been doing a horrible job. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's no, a Tremors bad example, yeah. actually. Um, but yeah, with we have a ghost. Um, I actually thought that it was. I thought that yes, we didn't finish it. Um, but I thought that it was pretty decent, just solely off of uh, like the how they were portraying the ghost, um, because. It's very Haunted Mansion. That's what a lot of people liked about Haunted Mansion, you know, is is how, you know, fun and cartoony. It definitely played out like a kid's movie. Well, and it is a kid's uh, movie. correct me, I, I have not seen uh, We Have a Ghost yet, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, he can't speak. He doesn't. Yes. He, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, can't, he can speak. can only and moan. I, I want to say that, that that alone kind of gives it a step away from the highly communicative ghosts yes. that we've been seeing in so many things where they show up and, they, and they're able to just tell you yeah. right. what's going on. Because in so many instances, like in a, in a good ghost story, if you see a ghost, it's not like, well, hello, my name is Roderick and I was killed 24 years ago in this very spot. And that, uh, you know, it's a mystery. You don't know who it is. You don't know why they're there. You don't understand. And, and, and trying to understand why they're there usually is how you get them to rest. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. you help them find their rest by discovering why they're haunting a place. Um, because in most cases, ghosts are, I saw something. I saw something in the corner of my eye. I saw a man there. I saw this. There's very rarely the, you know, the true boogity boogity where somebody just comes out and is like, boogity boogity. And you're like, oh, well, I see clearly that he's wearing a bowling shirt. Perhaps he was a bowler. You know, and so. <laughs> that and you becomes, haven't seen the movie? I haven't seen the movie. Okay. Yeah. But. 
I will to defend the haunted mansion. Um, <laughs> oh. Okay, let me tell y'all. From a standpoint of Disney, it is so Disney. If you go into like the way back days, uh, you know, like to the Black Cauldron, Disney likes to get dark at times. That's true. But they entered an era where they did not get dark for a long time, and so for us spooky children, um, you know, like myself. I lived for the Haunted Mansion ride. I lived really close to Disney, you know, in a day trip kind of way. And so I went to Disney often and I loved how spooky it was. And so when they made a movie with Eddie Murphy, who's just amazing in whatever he does. And so, you know, it brought to life a perfect blend of children who like spooky things, but also are a little afraid of things. You know, it was perfect. But if you do like the Haunted Mansion, there is a podcast. It's 20 minutes. It is literally just like one or two episodes or something long, but they base it off of the actual storyline with the the ride the yes. ride is a totally different storyline than the movie right and so. i think that that was the one criticism from the movie was that they did not follow just story follow line. that story because th- there is a very specific storyline and it does include like an an immense uh, amount of storytelling yes you know because mm-hmm. there's a lot going on mm-hmm. uh, so you know it, it definitely was one of those things where and you know i it was a precursor to Pirates, right? Mm-hmm. It came out before Pirates of the Caribbean. It did. Yep. Yeah, it so, did. so that puts it in this interesting place because without it, I don't think Pirates of the Caribbean would have existed because mm-hmm. they were basically taking a ride and turning it into a feature film. Mm-hmm. And Pirates of the Caribbean, there's a story to Pirates of the Caribbean. There is. The ride that you don't really see. You see moments from the ride, but there is, you know, it, it, it's such a bizarre and, yeah. and, and truly. So it was about being super creative with the elements of the ride while not really paying attention. However, Haunted Mansion does have a pretty solid story. Oh, yeah. And you can go into rabbit holes yeah. of this. Now, there is a whole podcast that just does deep dives into all of those rabbit holes of the plot. But this one is specifically a story told, and they got the guy who narrates the ride oh, to nice. do it. Nice. How many, how many podcasts about the haunted? There's Abby. one. There is one. <laughs> oh, okay. It's only one podcast. But oh, no, this okay. is just like, I say it's a podcast because it's yeah. literally just like a narrated story. LOL. I mean, it's like okay. two episodes, but they got the okay. guy. From the ride. So gotcha. if you if you like that, go find it. It's so good. All right. We got to move on. Um, but I will say just before we do uh, with the we have a uh, we have ghosts or we have a ghost or something, um, whatever the, the movie title is. The one thing that they got spot on was going viral for ghosty stuff. Oh, yeah. That's exactly, like, watch that. And that's exactly how Madison and I are when we post like a TikTok. And it's like you know, 20,000 views in like a minute. And we're like, we're like, (laughs) we're like freaking out. Usually it's uh, Chris talking about demons. All right, (laughs) here we go. All right. Alex M asks, there we go. Alex M asks, on the topic of doppelgangers. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it possible to date a doppelganger's uh, a doppelganger of an ex boyfriend? I think I'm dating my ex's doppel, oh, and things are uh, opposite. Just on the topic of doppelgangers, 
Interesting. That is very interesting. I would like to hear more details of what brought you to this conclusion. Well, and that plays into an interesting thing because there are, every culture seems to have a version of doppelgangers and the the difference between like having a spiritual doppelganger and having a physical doppelganger, because there is a belief that somewhere in the world, there is a person who just looks exactly like you just by, um, just by the concept of random choice, you know, just by the idea that, you know, uh, there's only so many facial configurations in the universe. And uh, now that we're up to, what, 8 billion people on the planet, your face is probably repeat. Even if you're, you know, one in a million, that means there's, you know, a million of you out there. So uh, worth noting, there is a good chance that the belief that there are people who just naturally have all of your attributes just roaming aimlessly about there's a good chance that you're going to find somebody who is uh, a double for somebody in your life. Um, Spiritual or the ghostly doppelganger, that concept, every, like I said, every culture seems to have one. And, and, and we have of course brought up like spirits that disguise themselves as people like the hag can disguise themselves as a person, you know, can actually look like somebody that wasn't originally the hag, but is now, (laughs) you know, uh, some people will believe that the hag will steal their skin, wear it, and then, you know, present themselves as it. Some people think that the hag has the ability to shape shift into somebody that, you know, Um, that's kind of a weird question ultimately, because it's like, uh, yeah, if you think it's the doppelganger, that is an interesting take because the doppelganger ideally has all the memories and has all of the thoughts of, who they are assuming the identity of. And that way they would know a lot of things and they would know what, uh, what to do and what not to do in a relationship. And right. maybe the doppelganger is just course correcting whatever went wrong with your ex and is trying to make up for the difference. Um, yeah, that's, and, you know, that, that actually makes a good story. Yeah. Like if you wanted to write a story about a doppelganger who fell in love with somebody and then when that couple broke it off it's like no <laughs> and then just decided to take up the mantle and 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 undo some of the damage done and shove the x into the mirror and shove the x into the <laughs> mirror exactly but like um, i said i want to hear more details i know we need more information because you can't yeah. just say i think i'm dating my ex's doppelganger because i'm like oh, what okay. is a series of events that have led you here because <laughs> i'm trying to think i there's I believe there's, I think it's Irish. The Irish have a doppelganger that I think is very physical. Um, I think it's called the fetch. The fetch. And the fetch is an identical entity that roams and comes in. But I, I want to say it's, it's, it, it is a physical entity. Because a lot of times doppelgangers are not always physical. They're, they're spiritual. They're, their image is of the person. But um, they don't have as much physical presence as as to engage in any type of physical activity. And they're always trying to make fetch happen. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I was just about to say incoming Gretchen Wieners joke from Madison. I knew it. And oh I could be wrong. Gosh. It may not be fetch. It was uh, right I, there for I, me. It was so. I saw your face. You were like, I'm. I got something good to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just setting up the joke. I, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Yes. It's possible I have the, the name wrong. <laughs> All right. Um, we have, oh, Madison, 
Did you want to? I forgot if you answered that. You want to go for it? Oh no, I'm good. Okay, I, I completely yeah, more information. Yeah, more information. More information. All right, please. Thank all right. You. Yeah, shoot, shoot in that information. Uh, <laughs> our last question. This is this almost concludes our uh, first live stream uh, oh, cool. podcast. Yeehaw. This is really cool. Like we have one more question, but I'm just like I'm like super lit about this because you know it just shows that we're you know we're advancing. Like this yes. is this is pretty cool. Yes, thank you for bearing with us, y'all. Yeah. in our technical endeavors because this is yeah i'm always learning we're always learning something new um so the last question is from ashley warner and it's for you madison she wants to know if you ever saw a ghost at disney absolutely i've been waiting all my life for this thank you um so I'm sure many of you, um, being that you all like ghosts, uh, know about the little boy who haunts the Haunted Mansion. So uh, if you don't know that story, basically what happened is this little boy who I want to say was like eight years old or something of that, uh, along the lines of that age range. And he passed away and his family got him cremated. Well, the Haunted Mansion was his favorite ride in the entire world. So his mom wanted to spread his ashes in the Haunted Mansion. You know, that's a pretty common request uh, with Disney uh, where people will come and be like, can I spread my loved one's ashes here because they love Disney. Well, Disney has a strict policy of do not do that. Yeah, yeah, please don't. (laughs) Yeah, so she asked like, can I spread my son's ashes in the Haunted Mansion? And they're like, Please do not. Well, she got on the ride and spread the ashes anyways. And so a lot of people have caught this little boy in photos. Um, it, uh, basically, when he is standing on the side of the ride, and they'll, like, tell employees, saying, like, hey, there's, there's a, a kid. Yeah, There's a kid on the side of the ride and things like that. But when they go to look, nobody's there. I've seen the little boy myself. I saw it before I ever knew that was a thing. Um, and I, you know, was like telling my parents, I'm like, hey, there's a kid standing in the cemetery. Because, you know, the point um, in the ride where they take you through the cemetery and all the ghoulies are popping out of the crypts and stuff. Yeah, he was like standing amongst them. And I was like, oh, my God, there's a child standing there. And I told my parents and they're like, where, where's the kid? And you know, and then I was on Twitter when Twitter was still really popular and I saw the photo pop up and I was like, oh, wow. So I told y'all ghosts kind of dupe me sometimes, sure. um, especially when I am in my logical mindset, a set of there sh- shouldn't be a spirit there. Right. But, you know, it's it's just the case. So the little boy is definitely haunting the haunted mansion. So there are not 999 happy hauntings anymore. There are a thousand. A thousand. And you know, Disney, Disney is notoriously haunted. Oh yeah. You know, there's there's, there's many there. stories of, of not even people who just died there, but people who've worked there, people who've, who've, who've spent a lot of their energy there, fans. Absolutely. You know, if I could go to Disney for free, I definitely go to Disney for free. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, seen on their favorite rides, you know, so many people have had spirits and, and, and stories. And I want to say there was actually, uh, there's actually a story of Walt Disney himself haunting, mm-hmm. uh, Disney world, you know, just walking around at night, um, through one of the studio buildings there. Um, but yes, uh, I've, I've heard many, many stories that, um, there are, there are spirits at Disney world and, it, and, and, it isn't just people who died there who or whose bodies are resting there or things like that. Keep in mind that um, the sheer energy 
and the sheer life of, of, of a location, how much joy, how much wonder, how much, you know, uh, exuberance is in a location can draw spirits from near and far. So I definitely uh, would say that Disney is probably wonderfully haunted because the ghosts are probably not, you know, angry or vengeful. They're probably being like, I'm in Disney World. Right. <laughs> And um, Walt's apartment on Mainstream or Main Street, USA, um, I believe people claim is haunted by Walt Disney. I think it's a residual haunting. Yeah. Um, uh, the but, only stories I've ever heard was they see him walking. Right. You know, he's just walking. But yeah, he, if you didn't know that, he has an apartment um, that he would stay in that's right on top of, I believe it's above Casey's, which is the hot dog restaurant, but... Um, yeah, people claim to see him. So next time you go to Disney, see if you can spot a ghost. It can be a little tricky with all the people in costumes, but you know, uh, but thank you guys for listening to this episode. I'm so glad that, uh, all the Disney and movie questions came up. This has been fun. Um, but if you did have a question that we did not answer today, like I said, go utilize that Q and a button on TikTok. Um, that, like I said, is going to be the best way for me to see it. And we will read it and answer it on the podcast or become a pair junkie or become and a pair just junkie. ask it live. Exactly. Um, yes. If you want to join our live streams where we're filming these episodes, cause we want to film a lot of the episodes live for y'all. So if you want to be a part of that, become a pair junkie over on Patreon. Um, but with that, Thank you guys so much. And my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. Stay spooky, y'all.